reading from 1 John. You might have picked that up from the children's message. Chapter 9 in 1 John. It's way back in the back. There's not much left when you get to 1 John. I'm going to read verse 9, begin with verse 9. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God, that He is born concerning His Son. Whoever believes in the Son, whoever believes in the Son of God, has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. This is the testimony, that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. You know, this word, world that you and I live in is full of uncertainties. I probably don't need to tell you that. We have no, no idea what the future holds, and I guess we all learned that real big, uh, uh, 9-11 maybe, uh, Pandemic, those words kind of strike memories to you, to your mind. Personally, it could be a, a bad report from a doctor or a sudden death of a loved one, a tragic accident, a breakup of a close relationship, loss of a job, any of a number of things. This world is full of uncertainties. And all around, all around us, there, there are things that we can't predict. There are things that we can't plan for. And these uncertainties make our life sort of a battleground. Always struggling, in, in a sense, to keep up with the next challenge. Always worrying about what might be around the next corner. And such a life can have very little space for God. Because we're so preoccupied with all these uncertainties. Think about it. How busy are you? John wrote this letter to the first century Christians. Those who believe, like most of us in this room. He focused. He focused, on the, he focused them on the only thing, the one thing that, that was for sure certain. And it isn't of this world. He said, in effect, certainly in the midst of uncertainty... Certainty in the midst of uncertainty, it's about knowing that God loves us. Knowing that God loves us. Knowing that our sins are forgiven and knowing that we have eternal life in Him. Not complicated. That's the gospel. He says in verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know, that you may know that you have eternal life. That you may know. Some of you might say, well, I've done a lot of things wrong in, in my life. I, you know, if, 
I know you don't really say, if God really knew who I was, because you know God does, but we still say that, don't we? You know, if God could look under the hood of my life, mm, I just don't feel forgiven. I don't feel right with God all the time. Much of the time, even. I would like to know for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, where I stand with God. Or someone might say, well, hey, I've been to church all of my life. I've never been sure. Can you really, honestly, be sure? John is saying yes, in all capitals. Yes. And in, in, in these verses, he tells us how. That's the good news. He tells us how you can know that you know that you know you are right with God. And the first step is to, is to take a look, identify the source of your uncertainty. We've all heard that God loves us. We like to think God loves us. We say God loves us. We've all heard that sins can be forgiven. We like to think that God will forgive our sins. And sometimes we question a little bit of that. And the overwhelming majority of us here this morning have made a decision to follow Him. So why do we feel uncertain as to where we stand with God spiritually? Why do we spend so much of our time and so much of our resources preoccupied with the world and not with God? That's one of those kind of telltale litmus tests of what we really believe. You see? We act as if the world has all the answers. Don't we? I know I do. So many times. We feel uncertain because we're placing our faith and we're placing our hope in the wrong things. John wrote in verse 9, If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater John's saying, in effect, if, if we're going to believe the world, we're going to believe what man says, th then we should believe what God says because God is so much greater, so much bigger, so much more reliable than anything man could say. And the problem is that when we're faced with a choice, many of us choose the word of men rather than the word of God. We, we choose to believe the world's wisdom rather than God's wisdom. Take the issue of creation. Male and female, He created them. Why are we so confused? Or, or the claim that Jesus is the only way to the Father. He says, no one, no one comes to the Father but by Me. It seems so narrow, so exclusive. So contrary to what we're taught today about inclusivity, right? What about the Muslims or the Hindus or the Buddhists? Or so many people who, who live around us think that just being good is enough. Just being good. Certainly God must judge us on the basis of our character whether or not we are faithful to our, to our personal value system. 
There's a huge problem with this philosophy. Huge. And it assumes that our, your, my main purpose in this world is to live a good life. If that's what you're thinking, listen up. If we think that our main purpose is to just live a good life, to, to accomplish something, to, to care for others, that that'll make us right with God, then we're gravely mistaken. Because, see, that places the burden of our salvation, that being right with God, on us. On us. We have to be good enough. We have to have that good life. We have to, we have to honor uh, uh, God by accomplishing things in this world. That's how we get right with Him. And that's not true. That's a real problem. Because I, I have yet, and I bet you have yet, to meet anyone who can meet that standard. Christianity proclaims the only solution to the problem. The only solution to the problem. As Paul says in, in, in his letter to the Romans in, in Romans 5, he says, In while we were yet sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. We didn't get well and then get saved. We were yet sinners, and Jesus went to the cross for us. God does the work of seeking and saving the lost, not us, even, even ourselves, of ourselves. It's purely by His grace, purely by His mercy. Our purpose is not to serve the world or ourselves. Not to serve the world or ourselves. Our purpose is to bring glory and honor to God by bearing the testimony of His redeeming grace in Jesus Christ. It seems we get confused again. When we put our faith and our hope in ourselves, on good days we're going to feel optimistic, and on bad days we're going to feel pessimistic about our chances, you know, of being right with God. And we're never going to be really sure. You're never going to have that, that blessed assurance that that whole hymn was written about. We're always going to lack. So what do you do? What do you do to establish or reestablish that, that assurance, that, that relationship with God that, that is pretty doggone solid? It'll get jilted every once in a while. I think we all have those kind of days. But we can come back to it if we just remember and we just think about it. The thing we need to do is we need to go back to square one, what I call square one. And square one is found in the first verse of this chapter 5. John says, everyone who believes, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, that's not just a head knowledge. That's, that's a head and heart knowledge kind of thing. But everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, Messiah, is born of God. That's where the Christian life begins. That's the foundation of our relationship with God. And it's, it never changes. God goes on, or John goes on to say in, in verse 10, Anyone who believes in the Son of God 
has this testimony, that testimony, in his heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar, has made God out to be a liar. Because he has not believed the testimony that God has given about his son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, then God has given you eternal life. And that life is in his son. Son. You say, I don't believe that? Then you've just made God a liar. That's what John's saying. That's what John's saying. That's square one. We've got to put that, put that to rest. Put that to rest. Oh, you know, Satan will come along, that little devil that sits on your shoulder, and he'll whisper in your ear, yeah, right. He's talking about George, not you. He's talking about someone else. He's talking about that Sunday school teacher or or whatever. He's not talking about you. No, he's talking about you and me. We have life in Jesus. He is our source. He's our only source of that life. And if we, we want to experience assurance in this life, the certainty that we're right with God, then we need look no further than Jesus. No further than Jesus. And as we sang this morning, Jesus alone, Christ alone. Oh, I like to, we like to mix and match. We like to cover our bases. It's Jesus and a little of this, Jesus and a little of that, right? We do that. It's human nature, or maybe I should say it's sinful nature. They maybe mean the same thing. I don't, I'm not sure totally, but pretty close, pretty close. Going back to square one requires us, though, to do a couple of things. It really does. One of those things it requires us to do is repent. Repentance. John said in verse 10, Anyone who does not believe has made God to, out to be a liar. Well, we need to come in repentance and we need to say, God, forgive me because I've, I've made you out to be a liar. I haven't trusted you. I haven't put my faith in you in your goodness, in your grace, in your mercy. I haven't fully believed that you would redeem my life, that you would forgive my sins completely. That one day I'm going to live with you eternally in heaven. I should never be a question mark for one who names the name of Jesus. When we, when we put a question mark on it, we make the promise of God a lie. When we don't believe that only God has given us eternal life, right out of John, and that his life is in, and this life is in his son. Not any work of ours, but only the work of God in Christ Jesus. You know the word repentance, you know it means turn around, go the other way. Quit doing what you're doing. Stop thinking one thing, start thinking another. So if you want to experience assurance, then stop thinking about your own worthiness. Stop thinking that you have to earn your way into heaven somehow or into the rightness with God or that God's really going to be mad at you if you don't do thus and so and thus and so. And start thinking about God's mercy. 
Going back to square one involves repentance. Turning around, go the other way. And secondly, it always, it always involves determination. Because we've got to remember that faith is a choice. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. It isn't a feeling. You can't always choose directions, which directions your, your feelings are going to go. They go up and down so fast. But you can choose the direction your faith goes. To experience assurance, you and I, we, we must make a determined choice that we're going to believe God, no matter what. No matter what. We're going to believe God. We're not going to believe our feelings. We're not going to believe what we read in the newspaper. We're not going to believe what the top scientists in the world say. We're going to believe God. That's where we're going to start. Now, if the top scientists in the world agree with God, then we're, we're in good shape. We can, we can put them in the, in the circle. But if they don't, we're going to believe God. We're going to believe God. Now, we may not understand anything, anything at all. We may be standing there totally in faith. But put your faith in God. And rightly understood, that is truth. Always truth. Always. And what's out here, it may get it may be true, it may be part true, or it may be totally false. We don't know. We just have to wait. We just have to wait and see how it plays out. And, you know, we know how some of these things that are laid down as axioms, oh, this is absolute, and turns around six months later, eh, not so sure. <laughs> we live in that world, that uncertain world. Not with God. Truth is truth now and forever. To experience assurance, we have to make that determined choice that we're going to stand with God and we're going to believe God and we're going to trust in His Word as best as we can understand it. Not our feelings. Not what the world says or anything else. There's an old hymn that goes, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. You heard that hymn? I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. A lot of truth there. Jesus is our foundation. He is our hope. And we have the assurance in our life that we are right with God. Because of who He is, not because of who we are. So if you want to experience assurance, then go back to square one. Put your faith in Jesus and in Jesus alone. And then trust Him. Trust Him and trust Him alone to forgive you, to save you from your sins. And trust Him to give you a new life, a renewed life. Because He is our only hope. But there's a third step. And you really can't leave this third part out. I like to say we've we got to send in the reinforcements. Uh, if you're like me, I need lots of reinforcements. Um, John says in verse 13, I write these things. I write these things to you. 
I write these things to you. Who believe in the name of the Son of God. So that you may know you have eternal life. That was John's purpose, wasn't it? In writing. John's purpose in writing this letter was to reinforce that assurance in his readers. His letter is all about the certainties of the Christian life in the midst of the uncertainties of the world. They certainly lived in a topsy-turvy world. And he uses that word know, and he uses it over and over and over again. It's a key word throughout his book. In chapter 2, verse 3, we know that we have come to know that we have come to know God. In chapter 2, verse 5, we know that we are in Him. Chapter 3, verse 2, we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. 3.14, we know that we have passed from death to life. 3.19, we know that we belong to the truth. 3.24, we know that God lives in us. 4.13, we know that we live in Him and He in us. 5.15, we know that God hears us. 5.19, we know that we are children of God. John wrote this letter to, to reassure us. To reassure us. To show us the purpose of God. And if we want to experience that assurance, we need to spend some time around that word. I could take all day talking about the things that we'll never be sure of. Health, finances, careers, relationships, on and on. And these things, as we've already said, can change in a, in a moment, in an instant, a blink of an eye. But if nothing else, make sure you know that one thing will never change. One thing will never change. One thing we can be sure of absolutely every time, all the time, no matter what happens. We can be sure of our relationship with God. We can be sure of where we stand with Him. We can know we have eternal life. We can know that we are saved. We can know that we are forgiven because that's the promise of God. And God is not a liar. So the question is, I guess, for all of us, me included, are you sure about Jesus? Can you say that? Or would you say, well, I hope so. That's not much assurance, is it? Get in touch with the source of your uncertainty. Don't be confused. Don't be led away by all kinds of other voices. Don't spend too much time in the world listening to the world and not nearly enough time listening to God. Go back to square one. Stop trusting yourself. Start trusting in Him. Stop trusting in your righteousness and you're being able to do the right things and good things and start trusting in His righteousness because that's the only one that really can, can save. Put all your hope in His mercy. And then reinforce that hope with His writing, with His truth. Know the promises so you can live the promises. And you will know that you know that you know you're right with God.
right now and for all eternity.